Despite the importance of building a book of business, few lawyers naturally engage in business development. Lawyers typically receive little to no exposure to marketing and business development during their education. Today, we're lucky to welcome Jennifer Becker, Director of Marketing and Business Development at Marshall Dennehy, to discuss how to engage busy lawyers in the critical function of business development. Jen, welcome to the CMO series. Thank you, Cam. I appreciate it. Excellent. So, Jen, how did you come into your role in legal marketing and business development? I came to it in a bit of a roundabout way, which is probably the answer you hear from a lot of CMOs. Um, I was originally a public relations and political science major in college at Syracuse. And in my junior and senior year, I took a couple of law-related classes, like constitutional law, First Amendment, that kind of thing. And I really liked the classes. And um, frankly, I also didn't know what I exactly wanted to do after I graduated. So I decided law school would be a good idea and a way to kind of postpone adulthood for another couple of years. So I went to law school at William & Mary right after graduating. And the whole time I was in law school, I I liked the academic challenge of law school um, and I made a ton of really good friends, but I didn't necessarily want to become a lawyer. And I kind of always had in the back of my head, is there a way to get back into marketing and somehow combine these things? And so post-law school, I went, um, I actually worked for a PR agency for a little while. They had a big law firm as one of their clients. And I saw that as a great way to get back into that world of law firms and legal without becoming a lawyer. So it was a nice combination of my two backgrounds. And I went in-house at Patton Boggs or what was Patton Boggs at the time um, in Washington, DC, and uh, been doing it ever since. And I'm guessing having come from a sort of PR slash uh, law school education background, it would be it would be pretty early on that you realized, but but when was it at that stage that you realized how important it is for, for lawyers to engage in business development? Yeah, it was probably later than I like to admit to, um, because I never, I guess I never fully thought about the business of law. Um, and I think that's part of the challenge of our jobs, um, is that a lot of lawyers don't consider that until they're really in it. Um, I sort of knew, you know, tangentially that law firms operated as businesses, that they had PR people and marketing people, but I didn't really think about it um, until I got out and was working for this PR firm and talked to their in-house marketing folks and was like, oh yeah, this is really like an interesting job, a challenge to get people to appreciate this. And I really, I like that challenge and I like the I just like the intersection of those two things of marketing, communications, and law firms. And how would you describe the attitude and approach that uh, a lot of lawyers have to marketing and business development, particularly early on in their career? I think early on, the attitude is for most of them, not all, but most, it's pretty much non-existent. I mean, again, you don't really learn it in law school. I didn't learn it in law school, and I don't think things have changed all that much since I was there. You go and you learn, you know, you read a ton of case law, you learn how to think like a lawyer, but you don't learn necessarily the day to day. And you certainly don't learn the day to day of like the business of law. Um, You don't learn billing, you don't learn timekeeping, you don't learn marketing. And so I think with particularly young associates, it's just not on their radar until we put it on their radar. And how you do that really matters and how you speak and get them to understand the idea really matters. And do you think that 
sort of attitude exists purely from the education uh, perspective and sort of the, the lack of awareness at that stage? Or do you think there's any part of it that is to do with sort of being nervous coming into the sort of big corporate world as well? Yeah, I think it's probably both. I think no one really goes to law school because they want to be a salesperson, right? Um, you wouldn't do that. Instead, you'd go into sales or into marketing. Um, so I think when associates come out and recognize that there is this business development part of their jobs, it's a little daunting because that's not what they were trained in and that's not what they think they're good at. So they come at it, I think, from a little bit of a place of fear and just the unknown. And so our job is to help them understand what that means, what that looks like and how to make it work for them. And you've already, you've already mentioned sort of the, the difficulties or challenges getting uh, lawyers to engage into business development because on one hand you know they they are incredibly time poor they are very busy um and possibly unfamiliar with what they need to be doing but on the other it is central to their success in the in their career how does your team approach engaging lawyers in business development and how early on after sort of joining uh, do you look to look to engage with them we engage with them pretty early in the process, and it's a little different depending on where they are in their career. So it's if it's a group of first-year associates, we're going to have a different approach as opposed to a lateral partner. For first years, the real introduction for them is I will do a presentation with them that's just a, a straight overview of marketing and business development in law firms. And it's a little bit of what we do in our department. And then it's also what they can do. So things like updating their bio, making sure their LinkedIn is up to date. Um, they have an, a headshot, all of that kind of basic stuff, the ground cover, if you will, of marketing. Um, but then talking to them on another level of, you know, know what who your network is, keep in touch with people, keep in touch with your law school classmates. Those people can give you business one day if you don't think that they can right now. And they, I'm sure, are not in a position at that moment, but five, 10 years from now, they could be in-house counsel. You don't know what's going to happen. And then to your other point of like, how do you engage them? I think a really big part of it is to meet them where they are. So if they are introverts, recognizing that they're not the type of person who's going to want to go to a 200, 300 person conference and work the room. Some people are going to be great at that. We have attorneys who absolutely are going to want to do that and they're going to crush it. But we have other folks that are going to like sweat even thinking about it. So for them, something else like, you know, maybe writing an article is more appropriate. Maybe they want to do a podcast. Um, There's some people that are going to be like one-to-one. There's some people that are going to be more outgoing and want to get out there in front of dozens of people. Um, It's just figuring out what works for each person individually and what works for their business. Yeah, I think there's the sort of no one-size-shoe-fits-all approach. Um, Exactly. And it, it actually to, to the uh, next point in terms of how do you cater those differences across a larger number of lawyers? Can you, um, is it possible for you get a larger number of associates in every year? I'm sure. Is it possible to engage with those all individually or do you sort of have to, to give them a, a program and then see how they get on for the first six months or so and then try and tailor it from there? Yeah, I think it's more the latter to give them an introduction and then see how they go from there and find the ones that are most interested in marketing and business development and work with them. And, you know, the fact is there are always going to be holdouts. There are always going to be some partners who you or associates that you almost never hear from. 
Um, and, you know, to a certain extent, that's okay. Uh, you're not going to work with everybody. So you kind of find the willing participants and the engaged people and you work with them. Hopefully it trickles down to the others as well, but there will always be some you just, you don't work with. And, and that's, you know, again, that's to a certain extent fine. Um, so yeah, it's focusing on the ones that are interested, that seem to want to get out there, help that, you know, it's like a help me help you situation a little bit. And I think it's also important to, to make it palatable to them. So again, if you've got that person who's really introverted, don't push that big conference on them because that's not what they're going to do. So find something that's more in their comfort zone initially, get them out doing that. And then eventually, you know, they can expand their efforts a little broader. Yeah. And it's always the case uh, it, through sort of different fractions of focusing on the winners as well. And um, if you know that someone's engaged, then really giving them the tools as, as much as possible is a lot easier than trying to drag someone along who, who perhaps hasn't been. Yeah. And hopefully the people who aren't as engaged will see the people who are engaged and will see the success that they're having, the opportunities that open up for them and they'll come around to it. It's some, in some ways they have to see it, I think, to understand what it is. Um, and how it can work for them. And that's fine. If somebody, you know, if it takes them a little bit longer to come around to it, that's all right. We'll work with them whenever they're ready. In terms of um, successes that you mentioned there, are there any particular programs or examples of what your team are currently doing that you've seen good results from or have been particularly, particularly working well? We've been doing a series of webinars that my department puts on for all the attorneys in the firm. So across levels, across offices, um, it's 30 minute marketing. It's, you know, pretty quick and easy. It's always over lunchtime. We actually have one tomorrow. I think we, we've gotten good feedback because it's, again, it's half an hour. So it's not taking too much billable time from the attorneys. It's over lunch. Everybody's got to eat lunch anyway. So why not hop on a quick webinar and learn something while you're doing it? Um, and it's on topics that they're interested in. So we've asked for feedback on topics people are interested in, you know, updating your bio, um, talking about awards and rankings, talking about how, you know, event attendance, all of that kind of stuff. So those webinars have been good, not only for attorney training and learning, but also for our own PR. Um, you know, we're always trying to market the marketing department because the more we can help them, the more that helps us. Those have been useful. I think we've also had a lot of success with team meetings, we have weekly team meetings and we talk about what everybody is seeing in their particular groups across the firm. So again, if somebody is having success in one area, somebody else can leverage that in their department. And we have a lot of meetings with the shareholders about their business development and about collaborating. And people will you know, sit around a room and talk about what clients they've been visiting, who they've been talking to and the, the partners or shareholder, we call them shareholders here say, oh yeah, I know somebody there. And then, you know, they, they make concrete plans for how to follow up with those clients. And that's always, I think the most effective way to develop business. And Jen, you've already mentioned um, a couple of really pertinent points here. Number one that I was just picking out there is understanding that the sort of place of the attorney and, and uh, what they enjoy doing when it comes to business development, when it, whether it's writing or whether it's engaging with a, a room full of people. Um, if you had one piece of advice for others who are trying to engage their busy lawyers in, in marketing and business development, what would that one piece be? I think it's meet them where they are. Understand that marketing and business development can be intimidating for lawyers because this isn't what they do on a regular basis. 
Um, it's not what they've been trained in. It's not what they necessarily thought they were going to do when they came out of law school. So you have to come to them with that understanding of their personalities and their backgrounds and figure out the best way that marketing and BD can fit into that. And again, it's not going to be one size fits all. It's going to be a little bit different for everybody, depending on personality and preferences and their particular practice and client base. Um, but there is something out there that will work for pretty much all attorneys. And I guess that uh, sort of the, the tailoring of that and the not having the one size fits all approach is, is, is sort of key to your role and, and how you how you engage with those people who perhaps are, are, are less um, keen to engage. Yeah, I think we take a lot of pride in my department on knowing our attorneys pretty well, um, knowing them on a personal level as well as a professional level. So I can go to any of the marketing managers in my department and say, hey, what's this person like? And they absolutely know, you know, oh, they're a big golfer or they have this kind of client or this is how they prefer to reach out to people or something like that. And knowing that kind of information is really important because it just allows us to be that much more effective for each of them. Perfect. So Jen, um, what is your favorite favorite business and non-business book? Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit with this question um, because I don't think either answer completely is what you're looking for. But um, I will say my favorite business-ish book is actually The Elements of Style by Strunk and White, which isn't technically a business book, but it's about communications and writing. And I think that's so important in any sort of business. Um, so uh, that's going to be my answer there. And non-business um, I'm also cheating and not giving one book. I'm going to say it's a series of books that I read as a young girl or tween teenager, which was the babysitters club. I'm probably dating myself with that, but it was huge in the nineties and maybe even the eighties. Um, and I read everyone and I couldn't wait to read the next one. And, um, that really instilled a love of reading in me. Well, even the, um, I mean, the communications you sort of said is, is, is cheating, but to an extent it's a crucial part of not only your job but but everyone's job so um yeah definitely definitely wouldn't count that one down as cheating at all um taking <laughs> it back then what was what was your first job Jen so maybe not surprisingly given the babysitters club answer um it was babysitting for my neighbor's <laughs> kids that was my first sort of unofficial like off the books job my first real job with a like actual paycheck was as a waitress at a country club near where I grew up any uh, any good stories from either of those? Any disasters or, or all fairly plain sailing? I will say, I think that working at a golf club really was really good prep for working with lawyers um, <laughs> as a career because a lot of our members, maybe not surprisingly, were lawyers, doctors, business people. So I got kind of used to that personality, that mindset, being service oriented, um, anticipating needs. I remember that was one of the big things we were trained on. You know, if somebody orders something with fries or wherever they might need ketchup, bring the ketchup before they ask. Um, and I still kind of think of that sort of thing in my day-to-day -day job. So I, there were some kind of interesting member stories where they had, you know, maybe a couple too many beers, but I'll leave those for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you mentioned a uh, couple of stories that, that you could share, but in your day-to-day -day role, what makes you happy at work? What sort of gives you that fulfillment in your current role? I think it's a combination of things. I mean, getting results is always great. 
you know, seeing something come to fruition when we have a really cool idea of say a new event and we bring that from concept to actual execution is really awesome. But honestly, day to day, it's just working with the team. We have a really good group here um, and seeing everybody collaborate and, you know, figure out their jobs and one person might come up on a challenge and the way they handle that helps somebody else and something else. And I think that that's a really cool thing to see. Brilliant. And you've already mentioned um, favorite books. Uh, what are you What are you listening to the mo- at the moment? Any podcast, audio books? Yeah, I've been listening to the Smart List podcast with uh, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. It's I think a pretty popular one. It's pretty funny, and I'm kind of behind because I think I'm listening to episodes that originally came out in 2021. So I'm sort of late to the game, but. It's funny. They have cool people on. The one I just listened to was Brian Cranston. Um, and I learned a lot about his life and how he came to become an actor and become a really successful actor. But also the guys just really have a great friendship and banter between themselves. So it's funny to hear that. Yeah, I did hear um, a Brian Cranston story not long ago about how it's sort of so strange for him because obviously he sort of came to stardom a lot later on in his career and sort of the, the dealing with that so it's interesting that you pulled that up and I was talking about that um not long ago at all and um, last one here where is your favorite place to visit and why so I think my favorite place overall is the Jersey Shore which um, I'm from Philadelphia so it's not that far away and I think part of the reason why I love Jersey Shore is it's just happy memories for me. We always went there in summers when I was a kid. So I equate that with summer, with nice weather, with going to the beach and eating ice cream and riding your bike and all that good stuff. Um, but I also do really love going to the Bahamas in the winter because winters here can be pretty brutal. So it's nice to get away. Two fairly, uh, fairly differing um differing answers there but uh both yeah. both sound brilliant um jen that was um absolutely fantastic loads of loads of great takeaways there um for our audience thank you so much for for joining thank you i appreciate you having me